Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Some might say it was only a catch, but pro football hasn't been the same since. The 49er dynasty was officially launched that day, and although the faces have changed over the years, the results have not. The Niners are still on a roll. No one has won more games than San Francisco since then. No one has won more Super Bowls, and the ball keeps on bouncing their way. Soaring out of the darkness and into the spotlight are the new stars of America's team. The tailspin that began over a decade ago hit rock bottom four years ago when Dallas won once. Now they bounce back to within one victory of the Super Bowl. and Dallas, the established champion versus the young upstarts, with a nod to the past and a look to the future. Only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed? Just about this time last year, we were doing this exact same thing, previewing the Cowboys playoff game against the 49ers. And here we are again with the Cowboys having a chance to rectify the loss. They've been thinking about it all offseason. Now it's time to put up or shut up, you know, against this QB3 slash QB1 and Brock Purdy. We'll see how it goes, and we'll preview it all here on this episode of About Them Cowboys. So welcome in. I'm Kent, producing and joined by three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down the Dallas Cowboys We've got Saad, we've got John from The Athletic, and of course, we've got our host, KT. Hey, KT. G'day, mates. Good day. Here we are. I don't know about you guys, but I enjoyed my plane ride home, uh, but I've been on to the next one for a while, so it's time to really lock in and get ready. You know, I had a good one that night, enjoyed the plane ride home, but it's time. John, did you enjoy the plane ride home from Tampa Bay? How was your Tampa Bay uh, visit? Big reviews of the city. I've never been. Can you get? Can we start there and then really get focused? From one bay to another bay, right? <laughs> it's it's fine, uh, but it's not like a normal road trip because you're just not getting. Uh, you don't really get to enjoy the city as much. I mean, you're just busy. There's just it's yeah. There's just more things being asked of you. There's more things going on, um, and then to short week like this. Uh, you know, you're just you're really just trying to find ways to get as much sleep as you can when you get a chance to get sleep because there's stuff going on every day. And again, more's people want more, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, inter- radio interview type stuff or writing more stories or helping other people out on other stories and things like that. So um, it's a good problem to have. You know, business is booming. Yeah. Tim Kawakami's working on a lot of rest. Meanwhile, John's out of here grinding and trying <laughs> to trying to hang in. Because it's not just the playoffs. I mean, it's like they haven't played at home in a while, you know? Yeah. The regular season on with two row games. Yeah, they're going to have to run this. Uh, uh, they're going to have to run it out with uh, no home games. 
That's okay, though. It's a good no, opportunity. You don't know that. Well, yeah, yeah, fair, fair. Yeah, what am I looking at? I actually think the Giants have a chance to win that game based on the way Daniel Jones played against the third-best team in the NFC North the other day. Now, uh, John, uh, how big of a disadvantage is it, though, that the Monday night thing, I know Mike McCarthy had the comment that TV is king, and that's true. I think it's really dumb that they have a Monday night playoff game. I'm all about more football and more nights a week, but I think at the playoffs – when you're creating a despairing, uh, disparaging disadvantage like this, I think that's problematic. Um, how big of a problem do you think that is for these two teams? Well, for the Cowboys compared to the 49ers who've been sitting there since Saturday afternoon at home. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly you would rather be the team with the more rest. There's no question about that. Um, but. We also don't know if they played Sunday at noon that they would have been as dominant as they were Monday night. You know, there's no way of predicting maybe Tampa Bay plays differently. And anyway, the thing I'm getting at is if you told me that you could get the outcome that the Cowboys got it got in that game, whether you're talking about Dak's play, Micah Parsons' play, them just really dominating the Bucks would have played that on Tuesday. You know, I mean, if you to have that opportunity to play as well as they did and to have that momentum going into the next game... Because my big thing here is like this game to me will come down to tackling. I mean, you have to tackle those Niners, the playmakers that they have. I don't know. I don't care if it's Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, obviously McCaffrey. If you if you don't tackle well, the Cowboys won't win that game. And whether it's long rest or not, they're not practicing during the week like they're going to play in that game. That's just not how the NFL works. They're not going to be rocking guys in practice. And like I could tell on Wednesday's practice the way they tackled that they were going to be bringing the wood against the Niners. Like if you think that's how it works, I'm sorry, but that's just not what these practices look like. So I I think Mike McCarthy is a great coach to have in this situation. He's great about finding his guys rest. And I just think for an extra day of rest, I'd really have the momentum that you get coming off of a game the way that they played uh, I just think that that was a tremendous confidence builder. And to have that going in this game against a team that, let's be honest, you're very motivated to play against. They ended your season last year. Mike McCarthy started the offseason by showing videos of Dak's press conference and Zeke's press conference and how they acted after they lost to San Francisco and how down they were. That was going to be the motivation for this entire season. So everything's there for you. And last but not least, I know that the Rams didn't play on the road to open the playoffs last year, but they did open on, on Monday Night Football as well, yeah. and it seemed to work out just fine for them. I think that's a good point. Uh, yeah, I think also, I think also when you look at the way that they won the game against Tampa, at least it wasn't like some grinded out, hard hitting, crazy game that you know came down to the last second was emotionally and physically draining or anything like that. So I think you know just the last thing on on top of that point i think you know it it wasn't the worst case scenario i, I agree playing sunday night probably would have been better but you know you beat tom brady you got the mo- momentum and you didn't really come out of that game too banged up either are we uh i guess the mac package is is in jeopardy here right it looks <laughs> like jason peters is uh probably not going to be able to go that's probably just something that they showed for uh, for Tampa Bay anyways. I don't know how much they would use that. They get San Francisco, maybe they would. Uh, I guess uh, you know, my big takeaway on, on that is like, hey, we can't have another offensive lineman get hurt, right? <laughs> because that's, uh, that's the thing about that. I don't know. I mean, Jason Peters, thanks for everything he's done this year to kind of keep it together. But you still got your five that you that you can roll forward with here. I think they're okay. But that's uh, – I don't know. It's it, it's a big deal if someone else gets hurt. Then that Jason Peters thing looks like a really big deal, right? 
Oh, 100%. That, that's where it really becomes a problem. Where they're at right now, hey, everybody in the NFL's got problems. Everybody's banged mm-hmm. up somewhere or another. Uh, if they can keep this five together for wherever, as far as this playoff run goes, you can't be upset with that. That can be pretty much all you can ask for. I mean, you're not going to have perfect health this time of the season. So uh, they will run into considerable problems if they were to lose one of the five that they have now. It would be a, uh, it would be a big backbreaker. You'd have to change the way you're playing offense. Um, and the only way you'd win games if that happens, I feel like, is the defense would have to really just absolutely take their game to another level. And, hey, going off the way they played against the Bucks, if they can build on that, maybe there is another level that they can take it to. But, yeah, they would be in a lot of trouble now. They're, they're, they're at, as thin as they, they, they can probably afford to be to win games against good teams on the offensive line. They can't afford to lose anybody else. We, uh, we had John Fossil speak today. Um, are we have, do we have a diagnosis? Are we calling it the yips? Is that what it was? Yeah. The problem with the yips though, is it's not like it's just a one game thing, like whether, or a one, whatever. I, I know it's used in golf too, but baseball is the one that I, I feel like I hear it the most in. And yeah, just to act like, you know, you're just going to move past that again, if this is week 11, that's one thing, but in the playoffs, like I find it very hard to believe that. It's not going to impact the potential going for two, uh, you know, maybe not kicking a long field goal. Uh, there's still going to be times where he's going to have to be out there. And I do expect Brett Maher to be their kicker, even though they did uh, add Tristan Viscaino to the practice squad. Uh, Tristan, who has experience kicking in San Francisco from a couple of years ago, uh, he is three for three on extra points this year. So obviously not a lot of opportunities there last year only 10 of 15 on extra points. So I don't know if this would be the answer here. So basically what I'm getting at is Brett Maher will again be uh, the kicker and it's a road game and it, there's probably going to be some wind. It's not the best place. It's not like all of a sudden get yourself right playing at AT&T Stadium or inside at SoFi Stadium. I mean, you're going to be kicking in in a place that uh, isn't the ideal situation there. So it'll be interesting to see how that 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 plays out. I, I, I see the Cowboys going for two. KT, if you were the kicker, for the Cowboys against the Bucks, would it have been the same result? Uh, well, no, cause it, he, we did get he, one at the end. You don't think you can make one out of five? No, no way, not a chance. Old, old extra points, sure. This and one, have, yeah, yeah, this one's no. longer. I got and bad feet, a, and with a, a a defensive line coming at you to try and block it, I don't see it. That make me kick it harder. Yeah, I would I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying, I've seen plenty of people, you know, where they have the, you know, you can go do the tours with your friends of AT&T Stadium, you can go on the field and kick and stuff like that. I've seen a lot of toe punches from people that can kick soccer balls and stuff. And those things are just going right in the back of a, of an offensive lineman. Even uh, like a t- five or 10 yard is a lot harder than it looks just to elevate that yeah. ball is, uh, is difficult. Now I will share with you what I sure, what I, what, what I sure, what I shared in the press box with Jory when this was going down. And I said that out of, I don't know what their stadium holds, 80,000. I did say that there is at least one person in the stadium right now that would be doing a better job. At least one. Um, there had to but be. But it is yeah. definitely not, it is definitely not easy. That's for sure. Yeah. It's interesting. So I'm almost like happy that it's the yips though, compared to just being bad. Um, that's, you know, that's kind of, that. that's your alternative. Well, can like, you ever hey, get it this back This is a temporary though. thing. Because he he had it he had it once and it took him what two years to get it back. John Fossil said that he has seen it get turned around quickly with Sebastian Janikowski 
earlier in his career with the Raiders and then with Greg Zerline uh, with the Rams. So he said that there are two instances where he was able to get a guy going from the yips to having a hot hand. Um, again, would would be a little bit more understanding and, and be able to handle that one a little bit more if this was like week six or seven. Uh, the fact yeah. that you're going to be playing this massive game is that's concerning because let's be honest, the idea that you're going to go in and blow out the 49ers is highly unlikely. Yeah, KT, I, I don't know. Maybe you know this better, but what happened? How long did it take for Mason Crosby to recover from whatever that was that one time, you know, where he went really bad? Yeah, that was 2018 or 2019 where he missed five kicks in a game against Detroit. Um, and at some point, I think he had missed seven of his last 13 field goal attempts and it had become just a full-on uh, – well, it was one of those deals where basically he had no confidence really as the year went on. And I think everyone thought uh, he, got right, he got right at some point. But, I, I mean, that, that year was bad. His, his confidence was just not good. And they kept doing the whole, hey, he's our guy and we'll uh, get through it and that type of thing, and, and that's fine. But that game against the Lions, it was in Detroit. It was indoors too. You know, with no elements, and you know, yeah, it cost him a regular season game and things like that. But I'm not. I don't he got it back that. like after an off season, and he was able to hold it down. You know, they didn't get rid of him. And that, that game was in October when he got it. Again, as like John saying, like week six, week seven. You know, maybe we have time to fight through. I, you don't have time to fight through here. And I, uh, you can, there's other things you can talk about this thing without being. Um, I'm talking. I'm not talking about us. But I'm talking about. A lot of people out there, you can talk about this thing uh, in a real form without being hateful towards Brett Maher and what he's going through. The reality of the situation with Brett Maher is his quality of kicks has been worse since about, I don't know what the line is, but the second half of the season, they haven't been going right down the middle like they were the first eight, ten games of the season. If you watch the game, I mean, you've seen that. You guys have saw that. Like if you got points for how perfect the kick was, like that's that's this is how faded. he was the first time around. This is old yeah. Brett starting to fade off to the right. We've seen this, mm-hmm. and then the yeah. overcorrection showed proved everything that you were in. You're like, oh no, he's really fighting it. So yeah, and I'm know. not really concerned about his ability to hit 50 plus yarders. Obviously, he's been very good at that. My issue is if you tell me right now that he's going to get an opportunity to kick three extra points and two field goals inside of 40 yards at right now, I would say that I, I think he goes two for five on those kicks. And I think that's enough to send you home, you know, you against you San Francisco. You don't get to uh, see that at the star this week, right? You won't get to see him kicking or will you? Oh, and that, and, and to be honest with you, hundred percent wouldn't matter. No, honestly, yeah. like I, I, the, if he went out and, and, and struggled in practice and looked awful, Honestly, that's why that you makes your, the guy. That makes your decision super easy. What's the yeah. issue you run into is what Fossil said, and that's last week he looked great. Pre-game warm-ups look great. So it's just checking boxes for you to be like, no, no, he'll be fine, 42-yarder. Okay, yeah, put him out here. And then that thing goes sailing into the stands and someone runs off with it, and now they're down to their last two kicking balls. And then now i got to write about that. You Sorry. know what this is? This is setting up for two-minute drive at the end, need a field goal range. Oh, he'll make it if that happens. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's sports. This is going to set up for him yeah. making the all-time Cowboys kick, right? Yeah. I was like, it's a problem if he dongs one off Jerry's helicopter, you know, on the side of the field. Um, yeah, you don't so want I, him donging anything in practice, but I'm just saying that 
uh, even if that happens, at least you have something to go off. They're like, yeah, he's just off right now. This is not, yeah. this is not good. We have to <laughs> get someone, get Halarahu on the phone. I mean, it's just, uh, at least you can react to that. It's the, what if you go out to practice and everything is just right down the middle, right down the middle. You're just like, he's back. He's back. I believe the term is doink, uh, KT, not dong. Charles Ward said it was a dong. And then he gets out there and the first <laughs> extra point he kicks, it just, it sails even farther off to the right than any of the ones did in Tampa. Then that's when all of a sudden you're in panic mode because let's be honest, that's what McCarthy's been talking about. One of his toughest, toughest decisions going into the Tampa Bay game was who was he going to have active because there were so many players that were capable of being active. I don't see them having two kickers active. They're going to need those no. spots for other players, probably on defense, probably defensive backs. You know, they're not going to have an opportunity to have a second kicker on the roster of if Maher loses it, here we go, you know? So, man, sometimes you just wish Jeff Heath was still around. (laughs) Defensive back and kicker all at once for you. There you go. I uh, I mean, I I hope it's fine. I I, I really do. But I'm not in the boat of, well, we just got to move forward. Well, you don't have to. Like, you can have seven guys out there and have a big tryout. And I know, like, it doesn't matter during the week. I get it, man. I don't know. There's still the pressure of your teammates, and you know what they've been thinking about you. But I wouldn't pretend to step into the shoes of a kicker, my lord. That's Yeah, you know, it would be one thing if he missed two, you know, and he was, like, two for five on his extra right. points or something like that. You're like, yeah, that's not good, and he missed the one in Washington, but you got to go through, you got to go four in a row. Like, the kicker? It's not even about five, five in a row because he missed the well, last yeah, one. Well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, in, in one game, in a playoff game, Obviously, nerves were a factor there because it wasn't like his kicks were just, man, that doesn't even look like how he normally kicks. Like, what is he doing? His mechanics are all off. No, it's, I don't know. Those looked very mental to me. Especially the overcorrection, the one that went left. Right. Which is like, okay, he's just not hitting the ball well. And I don't think he's been hitting the ball well for the last month and a half. He had a great year. He's missing the kicking net. Like, I, I, this is, this is where I'm, again, I'm trying not to be, I'm not being hateful. We got Maher. We're good. That's where we're going. We're moving ahead. I understand that. What's Garibay but, doing? Well, I, I, I know, right? Like, I, uh, I've had conversations with people, both online and in person, and their whole thing is like, he's been great. I'm like, he's also been cut from this franchise before. Like, that matters as well. Like, I think you should go like, oh, Maher's been great. You're looking at a one-year sample size. Over the Again, course of his career, if he's he has two not for five, totally always been great. If he's two for five, I get it. Oh for four and consecutive extra points in that game, there's just that is alarming. There's I, no way around that. I don't I care really how don't. nice people want to be about like, ah, you feel for the guy and blah blah blah. Yes, I agree. But I'm saying that you have to be concerned as an organization and be really looking at this alters your game plan. They're treating like he's Adam Vinatieri. Yeah. I don't know why I said Adam like you, John. I said Adam. Well, I will say this. You you said the thing earlier about uh, Crosby. Even if he did that, with he's had a much better track record than a Brett Maher. Coming off of that Lions game, if this was their divisional round game, and I would be extremely nervous in any situation like that, you know? Yeah. I wonder, well, McCarthy's uh, stuck with this guy then too, right? The so. one thing, the one thing I will say that if they were coming back home, 
you know, you're playing inside AT&T. He's kicked there plenty of times. I can see that being like, yeah, I can see him getting it back on track here. He's going to San Francisco. It's outdoors. He's never kicked there before. Money. Good chance there's going to be some wind. Might not be the best field condition. Like, there's just like a lot of things where you're like, well, this isn't exactly the thing that's giving me confidence. He's going to get it right back, you know? So we'll yeah. see. Hopefully for them, it doesn't come down to that, that even if he misses a kick or two, that uh, they're able to overcome it. But I expect this to be, and it's not just because of him, but I expect a very aggressive off. You saw it in that game. The, the fourth and ones, as long as they're not backed up, this team, this team's going for it. Heck, they're going for it on fourth and fours. So uh, they're going to be very aggressive on offense in this game. They got You got to score points to beat this Niners team, so... Yeah, you you want well. I mean, KT, you brought him Adam Vinatieri. If you want to have a silver lining, just saying. If you remember back to 2003 Super Bowl against the Panthers, the Patriots Panthers Super Bowl, Vinatieri missed two field goals earlier in that game. In the in, in that game, and then had the walk off game winner. Now, again, his track record with 2001 yeah, very maybe different. The greatest kicker that's yeah. ever kicked a football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. But actually, I think I think one of those kicks was actually maybe blocked. I know one was a complete miss, and then one was blocked or missed, and then he made the game winner. So who knows? Oh, Brett Maher's mental side would just love to know that like someone got a fingertip on one of those. He would love <laughs> yeah. he would love to watch that that film back, and and he would love to see that someone <laughs> slightly missed a block, and there was just a hand that got on one of those. The man that would be a confidence builder. But the fact that there wasn't, and again. They miss the net twice and went into the stands. Not good. Pulling for the guy that we all are just because it seems like a pretty great dude, too. Yeah, he's like a nice guy. Oh, even if you were a bad dude, I'd be pulling for you. I'd just feel bad for anybody (laughs) that would be going through that. No levels to how bad. Yeah. Um, (laughs) All right, let's move ahead here. Yeah. Uh, Underdogs this week. Uh, Lions still at three and a half as we record this on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, But underdogs this time. Matchup from a roster standpoint that I don't love. Uh, let's just start at quarterbacks and move on from there a little bit. Who's got the quarterback advantage, John? I mean, it's Dak Prescott coming off of that game. Um, there's, there's just there's more that's asked from him as well in the, in this situation than there is of, of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, obviously, they're rolling with him as, as their starting quarterback, and he's played well. Um, but if if you're telling me that I get to pick one of these two quarterbacks. Yeah, it's not even close for me. I'm taking Dak Prescott. Yeah, for me, I'm I, like I think I lean block Brock Purdy not as an individual, but I'm saying if you're putting if you're asking me for the total package of which quarterback is in the best position to succeed in this game, and now I'm factoring in the fact that Brock Purdy has Kyle Shanahan and what he does and McCaffrey and Ayuk and and Debo and all that stuff and uh, Kittle and it just goes on and then he's going up against the Cowboys defense which is good but it's not the Niners defense and then you put like we always do that where you pit like you know quarterbacks up against each other and it was always like that you know growing up with Brady versus Manning and Manning was always going up against Belichick and in the Patriots defense while Brady was going up against whatever Indianapolis had and I think Sanders yeah Bob Sanders for a hot minute so I like I'm not trying to get cute with the answer. I think I think Dak Prescott is definitely the better quarterback than Brock Purdy. But I think in this game and in this situation, I think Brock Purdy's in a better situation to succeed, um, at, at least in my opinion. Oh, no, there's no question. I would agree with you on that 100. percent I'm just I'm looking at the uh, you know we're picking a team right now, 
And so let's just say we just switch roles right now and mm-hmm. put Dak on San Francisco. And the idea that you could, I don't know, let me just come up with a scenario here. Let me think, let me think, oh, I don't, maybe throw a 10-yard pass to Debo that he turns into 75 yards. Geez, that must be fun to have that. Maybe a dump off to Christian McCaffrey that, I don't know, he turns into 60 yards. Wow, geez, I wonder how you can do that. That is amazing. Like, what does that do for your confidence? That seems like a great time. And then you put Purdy on the Cowboys offense and it's playing like it did in Washington. And he throws three picks and his sack seven times, you know, so... Uh, yeah, in that situation, I agree with you. I mean, there's some monster, monster playmakers over there on that San Francisco side of the ball. No question about it. And, you know, I'm talking about confidence coming off of a, a Bucks win in, in the divisional. I mean, in the wild card round, this team's rolling on 11 games in a row. I think the best thing the Cowboys got going for them is that you would think this team is due to lose a game. Yeah, no, I think I think there's that. I think there's a lot of things that really um, – I mean, what I said was Dak in the – I will say the Eagles game, the Bucks game last week. And I think I want to give him the Jags game if you take away the Noah Brown interception. I think Dak in all three of those games did way more or played better than Brock Purdy has played since he's been in at quarterback. And I know he's played well. That's the nature of the beast, though. Brock Purdy is their quarterback for the next three or four years. He's going to have to do a lot more than he's doing right now, too. You know, yeah. there'll be a lot more on his play. If he's their franchise quarterback three, four, five years from now and, and ends up being it the way that Dak won the job and goes on to have the success and everything like that, it won't be. It's just the same thing with Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the way he quarterbacked them to Super Bowl wins in his early part of his career to what Tom Brady has to do now or even towards the end of his New England career, those are two different things. Trey Lance is going to be a backup to Brock Purdy next year, isn't he? Uh, I don't yeah. know if he's on the roster. You you got to get rid of one of those, right? You get you can't have Garoppolo, Lance, and Purdy all on the roster. And I think if you're looking at if you choose Brock Purdy, then you sell high on Trey Lance because there's no film. He hasn't done anything bad. I mean, I, I still think you can. He just, he just got hurt, but I think you can get a return on him. Obviously, you can try to part ways with Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think that's more of a true classic 49er quarterback controversy that they always seem to have every decade. Um, I, I think that's more of that kind of thing. Brock Purdy would have to throw four interceptions, lose a fumble, and just be the sole reason that the Niners lose for anybody even consider going another direction at quarterback next year. Like, you have to yeah. roll with this guy. Yeah. So you're saying to lose his job, things would have to go really bad on Sunday? Epically bad. Like, historically bad. Like, Maher missing four extra points. What? Who would it have to go Sorry. worse for for them to lose their job on Sunday? Brock Purdy or Mike McCarthy? Oh, I, I honestly, I don't. I don't even think that there's a realistic scenario that either of them would lose their would lose their job. I just think. But what if there was? Um, uh, you don't think if they lost forty to seven, he would lose his job? Come out, come out like looking like a Washington game. Hmm. I think it depends on how they play in the game, honestly. If you had told me it's a Tampa Bay game, I would say, yeah, I think there's an 80% chance he's out, maybe even higher. Mm. But when in that game, I'm telling you, seeing Jerry after that game, oof, uh, back-to-back 12-win seasons, mm, I, I don't know, man. I, Jerry said after the game that nothing happened in, in the last 12, 12 hours. I saw this from your Twitter feed, John. Nothing happened how in the last 12 hours. How did you see it, be, be specific. How did you see it? On my phone. But what, what did you see? I didn't tweet that as in like just the quote. You saw the video. Uh, yeah. Like it's very tongue-in-cheek, Jerry, in 32 minutes of answering questions. Like there is there is some text that, you know, some description that needs to go with the whole thing. 
But if you want, go ahead. You can believe that. That's fine. I'm telling you that I would be stunned at this point now that if Mike wasn't their coach next year. Because here's the other part of it. Where are you going now? Your scenario, 41 to 7? You're going Dan Quinn? Dan Quinn gets a job after he just gave up? Uh, they gave I think up 41 we know 7? The name. I think no, we know I don't the name. Think so. I, don't I don't think it's. I don't even know that the name is the. The name is an upgrade, but I think we know. Yeah, no, name. that 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 won't be it. That's not happening anymore. That's not happening. They're not giving. Son? Yeah, they're not giving up picks for you that. Guys, not no. love each other anymore. No, I'm sure they do, but I don't. Uh, one, what you said the first part, I don't see it being that much of an upgrade, uh, if an upgrade at all. And then um, uh, the fact of you're going to have to give up the number one way that you've made this team what it is. And that's with your draft picks, particularly your first round draft picks. I mean, that's just, that's a lot, you know? And then also the fact that you'd be changing around so much with the organization too, because it's not like that coach comes in and then just rolls with what you currently have. There's going to be a lot of changes that go with that too. So yeah, I mean, on a potential 41 to seven blowout, I guess that there would be a possibility of that. I just think that it's getting pretty unlikely at this point. Okay. All right, that's no, that's good. It's safe. I mean, you also got to speak on weird. the fact I mean, of like, one guy has won a Super Bowl and one guy has back-to-back twelve-win seasons coaching that team, whereas Brock Purdy is on a hot run and he was yeah. Mister Irrelevant draft pick. He's not coming in with a lot of you know fanfare and expectations and a lot of you know this isn't Brock Purdy taking over as yeah yeah this is Purdy. He was the guy that was the quarterback that led the Eagles to that crazy Super Bowl win. And you're just like, damn, okay, yeah, I guess he's catching fire again. Like there's there's a little bit more uncertainty with him than you know what you have with with Mike McCarthy a lot more. I want you I want the audience to know that I'm not coming at this. I'm I'm trying to just look at every possible angle of things that could Yeah, and it's I'm, not unpo- it's not impossible. I mean, especially with with Jerry Jones. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, you lose 41 to 7 and yeah, you just keep him and then what you've told me is that all along not you, talking about the Cowboys all along have said that winning a wild card game is good enough. Is what you've said. Yeah, no, and, and that's I, where and I, I kind of go I mean, Troy Aitman said this on the on the after the game the other night. And He's like, that was great. That was a big win. But he was like, they hired him to win Super Bowls, which is right. It seems generic at the tone of it. But right. Like, go get smoked on Sunday. Go get yeah. smoked. Not be ready to I guess, go. I guess I got a little. Like, how are you not thinking about everything? True. And and that's all a factor in it. And, I, and I'm with you on that. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, I just want to give you the other devil's advocate side on this is the, mm-hmm. I got some PTSD from the Jim Caldwell. Um, sure. And, and I'm sure the Raiders, to a certain extent, you know, I know that they're giving, you know, they're giving him all this leeway to get rid of quarterbacks and do everything like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see how this whole deal works out for the Raiders in the end. But there is a little bit of that. You hire a guy because um, they're to take you to the next level and then you get rid of them to get somebody else. And there's just no guarantee that that next person just steps in and is like leads it to success. They could in two or three years, but there also could be a steep decline next year because they want to build the program the way they do and then it takes you another couple of years to get back to where you are right now you can't rule that out as being that's where i think that jerry would lean towards the dan quinn thing if it isn't 41 to 7 obviously um because of the fact that you keep a lot of continuity you're able to keep rolling with what you have whereas you bring in anybody outside the building especially someone that has skins on the wall like that they're going to make changes throughout everything every part of that organization will get changed if they go in that direction so I just I think that's very unlikely to happen at this point. Yeah, I do too. And I, I, I agree 100 percent. And I think like getting into the dance twice in a row is a good sign. And I think you're just building something and it's a program. And I think you deserve to kind of or McCarthy has done enough to 
deserve to see things through. I just, you know, just going off the owners and all of that stuff, I just wanted to kind of keep that out there. It's odd to me that one playoff win would make, oh, he's safe, everyone stop. You know, like that's... No, and I, no, I, don't, and I don't... I know you're not saying that, but there, there were articles written elsewhere from uh, other outlets. You know, it's like, oh, he's safe now. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And I wouldn't... I, no, I wouldn't say that uh, like 100% that sealed the deal. Beat the Niners, no question. I mean, that's, For that's sure. a done deal, no doubt. And honestly, I think even if the game is, is just a really good game... And uh, and they play well, but they just like lose in the end. I don't think that there's any way either. I mean, I would just say this before the Bucks game. I said I would say if they lost to the Bucks, just a regular game, not a blowout. Blowout game, everything was. Un- if they just lost, I thought there was still a sixty percent chance that he came back because I, I do think Jerry really likes uh, what Mike has built and and what they've been able to do. Whether you're talking about when Dak was out, how they kept winning, things like that. The way that how, this is the best defense Jerry's seen the Cowboys have in a long time. Um, but then beating the Bucks, I'm up to you know 75, 80%, maybe even higher than that. So um, again, yeah, a, a complete blowout, team looking unprepared. Yeah, that's that's all a possibility. But I still think that he would that Mike would be back. I think there'd be a lot of talk about how they were on short rest, and uh, you know if it's 41 to seven, how, who knows how many missed kicks are in there? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I just think there would be other 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 some other factors in there that Jerry would be like, no, let's do this for for one more year. Um, the other thing is with the Sean Payton thing to, to be able to, you know, you're probably going to be in a little bit of a bidding war with, with other teams. Cause clearly he's wanted by other teams and then to pay him what he's going to want to be paid and stuff like that, man, I just, again, I think Sean Payton's a great coach, but I don't know that there's any guarantee, like sitting here today, if I said that he took over as coach and he was the Cowboys coach for the next three years and all the pinnacle was getting him to the division round of the playoffs. Are you really going to be like, no way. I can't believe they didn't get to a Super Bowl. I mean, it's, it's wild. Cause too, if he's, if it's true that, and he's predicting Sean Payton's predicting and saying this in interviews, that it's going to take a mid to late first round pick to get him, which I think that's crazy that you would give that up for a coach personally. Um, Why, the only team, Gruden. got him a Super Bowl, 10 year deal. Here's yeah, the, I mean, uh, if it gets you a Super Bowl, I think it's worth it. Well, yeah, if it gets you a Super Bowl, but you don't know that at the time, right? So, right. But of the head coach openings, the only one that is a pick in that area is Denver, who has San yeah. Francisco's first, right? So that Denver's going to have that pick that's going to be in the late 20s. And, like, there's the one that makes sense. The other team's like, okay, Houston's got the 2-12 and 12 pick, you know? doesn't make sense. Arizona's got the 3 pick. The Colts have the 4 pick. The Panthers have the 9 pick. You're not giving that up for a coach. Uh, Denver's the one that makes sense. And all it kind of yeah. always has. So the, the but, other team that made sense for me is, is uh, the, the Chargers if they go to no direction. Yeah, and there's basically looks like they're retaining Staley and yeah. just kind of retooling on offense. But I guess anything could change. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Lastly, then we'll kind of move on down the road to the other position. I think this just makes such sense for Dak to do to Brock Purdy um, what Aaron Rodgers did to him in 2016. I mean, it's just mapped out perfectly. Yeah. The similarities between what Brock Purdy is doing and what Dak was doing in 2016 are pretty unparalleled. I mean, I, 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 I'm seeing it happen and I kind of doubted it. And then the Dak thing I didn't doubt as much because, uh, oh yeah, I was this close to it. If I was covering San Francisco, I'd be buying into this Brock Purdy crap. I sure would, man. Open receivers down the field. Seattle. Oh, the Seahawks. That's not a playoff team. My God. They let them score on the same play three times last week. And Brock Purdy, in the first half, looked like a seventh-round pick. He looked bad. That was the worst half of football he's played since he's been in the NFL. Second half, they get the run game going, doing all the stuff they do, and that's kind of where I want to go. San Francisco running game against Dallas running game. Boy, it just feels like Kyle Shanahan's going to have a plan to make the Cowboys tackle on the perimeter a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I no, I think I, I think I think you're right, but I think it's gonna come down to you know who. How, for me, the, the edge goes to Kyle Shanahan because of I don't I think the talent on offense for the 49ers is great, but I think the biggest thing is that I don't think I've ever left a 49ers game under Shanahan thinking they they had some untapped potential. Like you know, we talked for two years about the Cowboys and how they're using Tony Pollard and how much is how much you know meat is left on the bone or whatever i just never feel like that's the case with kyle shanahan i just feel like he maximizes everything and i think you know if if, i I don't know where we're you know where else we're going on this podcast but i'll I'll say for me the central guy that i that i'm going to be paying attention to is trayvon diggs i think i I think he's going to have to cover he's going to have to tackle i think he's going to have to do everything and I think if he's not up to do all of it, I think Kyle Shanahan will, will expose him. 
Oh, I can't. I mean, I'm not even an offensive mind at all, let alone an offensive mind anywhere in, 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 in his caliber. But if you didn't watch any of their games and you've never seen Trayvon Diggs play before and you just watched that the most <laughs> recent game, which that's the one that coaches are going to spend the most time on, not just Debo, how are you not just running screens to his side, just every chance you get putting him in a position to make tackles? And they and they did that last year too, you know? I mean, this isn't some new thing. No. Um, so, yeah, do. there's no question he he has to play well, and um, then that that could be a difficult thing because tackling is certainly – Certainly not his strength. That that's there's no question about it. That that one stands out to me. The other one is the fact that you know Micah doesn't just line up uh, on the right edge, but he's going to be moved around. But he predominantly is over on the right side. Man, going against Trent Williams, that's as that's as tough as they get. And I just don't see a way the Cowboys win this game without Micah doing something to wreck it. And obviously he did that, and there he's done that without question to me in their in their two biggest wins and that's Tampa Bay and yeah. then at Minnesota. I mean, there was just no question. You didn't need to know anything about the Cowboys. You didn't need to know anything about Micah Parsons. If you were at that game, you came away going, damn, that number eleven is just a a, a beast. I don't know how you even contain him. And so if they are able to do that, I just question if if the other playmakers on the defensive front will step up. They can play off of him, but to beat a team as good as San Francisco that's on this winning streak, Micah's going to have to come up big. Yeah, Micah was the agent of chaos on Monday night. Here, there's two things that stick out that, that San Francisco does. One is they – a lot of motion, but they like to motion a wide receiver across and then hand it off the other way, and they do so much toss stuff. I mean, just – and they get their guys running – and they're big and massive and powerful. And this is when it was Mostert and when it was Jeff Wilson. And you'll get some Elijah Mitchell. And now I'm Christian McCaffrey. And it's just like, okay, you're going to have to be ready to set the edge. And, you know, almost like take a charge in basketball to kind of blow those plays up. Because once they get the, the herd going, it's a stampede and it becomes a big problem. That's why I, I, I San Francisco. I will say one thing, though, about that in terms of your preparation. And this is just human nature. And I think about this a lot with the those those Patriots running back situations uh, over the years with Tom Brady. Uh, obviously, not the Corey Dillon years, but other other teams. Um, there is a little bit of do I really got to get ready for Mostert? Do I really have to put in the when it's Christian McCaffrey? It's on another level. Everybody yeah. knows who he is. You've heard about him. All your friends are watching. They all know. Like, oh, M- M- McCaffrey's going to clown you. You're going to get embarrassed. He's better than you are. Things like you're just you. You're, there's a lot bigger chip on your shoulder when you're going against Christian McCaffrey than you are when it's like, I really don't know who who is going to be. Is it going to be James White that makes the difference in the Super Bowl as opposed to when you know who the guy is? Um, I just I just sense that they'll, they'll be ready for him. He's going to make plays. Though. He's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's going to make plays. But um, I, I think that in the locker room, they'll be very, they'll be very aware of, of, of needing to shut him down. And it'll be a, an array of things. You know, like obviously Layton's going to have to play well. But, you know, they feel very confident in that Cowboys locker room. And this is the first time I've ever said this since I've covered the team. They feel very confident in that safety group. And that's why you continue to see more safeties on the field. They feel good all the way down to Mukwamu as their, as their fourth safety. So wow. uh, there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of those guys, that, that whole crew out there. having a, You know, they're going to have to tackle, too. They're going to have to help out. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see that McCaffrey matchup because they're well aware of, of the damage that he can do and the game, how he can wreck a game. How's Kirsch doing, by the way? He's good, man. Asked today what the percentage chance is 
of him playing on Sunday, and he said 100%. So, yeah. Nice. He, uh, he had, like, a knee sprain earlier in the year. And he yeah. said that this one, this one's not even on that on that level. It's it's he's this is a lot easier to overcome. So he just as long as he's focused on the treatment and everything he has to do this week, he doesn't think that there's any chance that he misses this game. So yeah, P- pass catchers, where we stand, advantage 49ers. No offense to any of the Cowboys guys, advantage 49ers. I mean, I think that's good. There's really no fight there, right? We're good on that. Yeah, no, for sure. I think I think the 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 array of weapons, and if you're counting again, McCaffrey is part of that too. I, I think you know, for me, there's no question it's 49ers. Yeah, that's why you got to cut the head off of this thing. You got it's got to be you got to wreck shop on Brock Purdy. You got to force him into bad decisions. You can't sit back and allow him to just make plays and just get the ball in the guy's hands with easy throws and things like that. You got to make life difficult on him. He's the one that you have to beat. If you can if you can neutralize him, everything else can fall into place. But if you let him sit back there and just make easy reads and have plenty of time to just get it to whoever he wants to, yeah, that that that's an issue, but at some point if you can get enough pressure on him, I think that that rookie will come out. Yeah, you know, one thing I think about this game though, like the Cowboys were more physical than Tampa Bay the other night and Tampa Bay had kind of gotten by. We know they weren't a very good team, um, but they had gotten by. That was one aspect of that game that I was a little nervous about was them being able and they, Vita Vea played really good and the Cowboys were able to avoid that. But Tony Pollard made some, made some runs happen where there was really nothing there. And then he was able to kind of make it happen. Then there's a couple times where he had a hole to run through they're going to need a little bit of that to keep it off balance because you're going to have a big pass rush coming at you this game. We know what the 49ers defense can do. I think what you said earlier, like if Dak and Micah come out and play like they did on Monday night or similar or like two of the best players in the league as they are, if they play like that, this team can beat anybody. They literally can go beat anyone. And that's where I think the excitement is there. Now, am I I'm interested them? to see. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm interested to see what they do with Schultz because, again, yeah. like I said, the most recent game is the one the coaches look at the closest, and I think that they're going to have a plan to try and take him away and neutralize him and not give him some of the some of the the opportunities that he got against Tampa. And so, what does that mean? That means that maybe that there's some more favorable matchups for Michael Gallup or T.Y. Hilton, or maybe it's Peyton Hendershot has to come up with some big plays or Jake Ferguson. But there will be a there will be some players in this game that have bigger roles than they did against Tampa. That just that there's it just identifying who that's going to be. I mean, heck, I think CeeDee Lamb uh, can play better than he did against Tampa. You know, uh, certainly he should be very motivated. He didn't make much of an impact at all when they played San Francisco last year in the playoffs. And and let's be honest, he's not the same player that he was then. He's a much better player right now. Him and Dak have a much better rapport than they did in that game. But I'm but you bringing up Pollard is, is huge. You know, if Tony Pollard can have a big game, a lot of things can take care of themselves because, uh, you know, when he's played well and he's gotten those big, big plays – yeah, the rest of the team just feeds off it and everything seems to go in a good direction. The play calls look better off of that. Uh, everything just gets rolling. That's why they wanted to do that Mac package because it was like, yeah, this might jam up some stuff, but if we can get Tony on a big run here or there, that can open up a lot of other things. We got to get it going some some way, somehow. The other thing too that would be interesting to keep an eye on is Ezekiel Elliott because he did not play well against Tampa Bay. There's no question he's got to hear the noise of how people are talking about the gap between him and Tony Pollard at this point. Would not surprise me if, if if Ezekiel Elliott had a little bit better of a performance uh, in this one, and and maybe maybe we see him break some tackles uh, 
and, and turn back the clock a little bit. If we don't, uh, then you know you're going to have to go. You're going to have to use Tony Pollard more, and I'm sure that's exactly what most Cowboys fans want to see. I mean, that's what I want to see. Um, the the care I want the carries to end up even or close to even. Right. How it played out the other night is about as perfect as you can draw it up. And I wasn't sure they were going to do that when Zeke got the first carry. But then you looked at it and the carries at one point was six to one or seven to two at one point. You know, Paul, Pollard got his touches and then Zeke got the garbage type touches that you want. So I'm not, I'm all, I'm all good with how that played out. And that's why everyone wins, right? The team wins. Guys got the same amount of touches. But while the game is in question, Go ahead and give it to the guy who's able to create on his own. You know, the Cowboys have fun, and it's not for today, but the Cowboys have some fun things to discuss about Tony Pollard and Dalton Schultz's future with this team. Um, I think Tony Pollard's too important to just treat like any other running back at this point. I think he's done enough and is explosive enough on an offense that needs more explosive players to not be just treated as a guy who oh, you could just easily replace in the draft because running backs are devalued at this point. Zeke, if he's here or not, doesn't to me it doesn't matter. Maybe there's the locker room element that's cool because he's a great teammate and everyone loves him. But to me, it doesn't matter if he's here or not. Tony Pollard it does. They need a guy who can rip. Tony Pollard ripping off that play. This was on the, their first scoring drive. This was after the rough in the pasture. That twenty yard run. That was not a twenty yard run for every running back in this league. That was a twenty yard run for Tony Pollard and very few others. And then they were able to, you know, hit Schultz up the seam for the touchdown and get ahead. Like he he's adding a lot offensively, and the advanced metrics show it and things like that. So give me yeah. as much Tony Pollard as, as you want. Yeah, and in the offseason, you know, if you can't get him to assign to uh, a deal that you like, then yeah, you franchise Tony Pollard, and you know Dal- Dalton Schultz walks, but. I do put out there the, the fact of, and this is a good problem to have if it did, but if the Cowboys were able to get to the Super Bowl and Dalton Schultz continues to play in these next couple of games the way he did against Tampa, I dare you to let him go. I, I would I would, I would, would doubt that that happens, seriously. If, I would if, doubt if, it if, if him and Dak continue to have that rapport, especially when, like I said, teams will be game planning to take him away and you just see him eight, eight catches, 75 yards, touchdown, all that, like, you're going to let that go? And again, like to get them to the Super Bowl, because again, I always say, and I will always say, and I don't even care if Jerry says that this isn't true. If last year's team got to the Super Bowl, Amari Cooper is on this year's team. You know, yeah. if you got this team, seeing Jerry in that locker room after the game for 30, 35, 40 minutes, several waves of people, that's over a wild card game. If they got to the Super Bowl, like, I, I mean, hey, say whatever you want. I don't think Dalton Schultz is back next season. But if they, they keep rolling like that, well, let, let's see where the cards fall on that because I think it's going to be tough for them. It would be tough for them to let him go. Well, do uh, you guys want to go picks? Want to do some picks? Let's do it. How nervous is everyone? Last week, the two people who picked Tampa Bay, me and John, damn it. Yes, sir. I'm not throwing it out there, guys. I'll go first. 27 to the unconventional number of 22, San Francisco. Okay. 27-22. It's not what I want to happen. If you think about 22, you can just use your imagination of how you're getting to 22 because I don't think relying on kicks is a great plan this weekend. John? Uh, I'm up. I will you're go. up because we lost last week. Oh, okay. We, okay, sorry. Lose. we just picked the wrong team. 
I'm going to go Niners 24, Cowboys 16, two touchdowns, two two-point conversions. Um, I, I'm not going to – I'm just not picking against the 49ers on the run that they're on and them playing at home. And also for the Cowboys to win this game – they would accomplish something that hasn't been done in the last 26 years, and that's get to the NFC Championship game. So uh, I'm going to stick with the same logic I had last week, you know, and it worked out well for the Cowboys, but I didn't think that they would win their first uh, road game and playoff road game in 30 years. I didn't think they would beat Tom Brady. So uh, I'm not going against my logic. I'm sticking with it here, and maybe it'll work out well for the Cowboys, but no, I'm going with the Niners. All right, let's go over to Saad. Yeah, I think, you know, it was something John said earlier was like, it just feels like the 49ers are due um, and and it does kind of feel that way. And it's almost like the Cowboys 26 years in are almost due um, at some point to do this. And I, I don't know, I feel like I feel like, you know, the sports element of this, I think 20, I, I'm picking Cowboys 27 and Niners 26. Whoa. That's right. Gosh, that was so close to my score. Redemption. Hot. Redemption for the kicker. You know what, dude? It wouldn't shock me one bit. Would not shock me a bit if the Cowboys won this game. I do think they're Yeah, that wouldn't shock me a bit either. But if it came down to that last kick, yes, it it probably it is sports for them to make it, but this also would be very Cowboys like like your kicker's been good all season, but then in the playoffs, he's the reason that you lose. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, there is a little bit of Cowboys to that, too, but sorry, go on. Game-winning kick, mm. crowd real loud. Oh, 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 timeout, timeout. Yeah. Okay, okay, oh, Maher's thinking about it. Now let's run a graphic that's replaying last week's shenanigans. Hey, hey. Or whatever and, and, the hell and, that was. And he kicks it. Uh, after they call a timeout, he still goes through with the kick, and it's just the worst thing you have ever seen. And this thing just goes sidewinding into the stands, and so they lose another kicking ball. They, oh, no. The ushers are trying to get it back from the Niners fans, and they can't get it back, so now they have to go to a third kicking ball that's not scuffed up, and it's just a disaster. Sorry. There's a lot <laughs> that could happen there. Kent? Yeah. pressure I was, for you here. As uh, you were wrong with your prediction last week when you said the Cowboys would win sixty-five to seven, but you were closer than we thought. I was, cl- I was close, and it would be a, it would be a blowout. Um, let, I'll take the team with the better quarterback. So give me Dallas, dude. Twenty-six, like twenty-five. Oh, Ooh, the old twenty-five, huh? How did they get to that? I was just going for an unconventional score. Todd was very close with his. Oh, we got a safety in here somewhere. Eight sixteen twenty two field goal. But so San Francisco would go seven fourteen go for two twenty two twenty field goal twenty five. Robbie Gold don't miss though, so maybe he gets like six field goals and then a touchdown. A lot of Ben don't break. Oh yeah, times three get to eighteen. Yeah, that'll be the final score now. Thank you. I think the record for field goals in the game is seven. Chris Boniel of the Cowboys, uh, as they beat the Packers 21-6 to in 1997 or something like that. Chris Boniel. And I was like, man, is he going to uh, get close to Boniel's record for most missed extra points? I mean, good Lord. You couldn't draw up anything better than this. You really couldn't. Cowboys 49ers, a great uniform matchup. Mm. It's going to be fun. And the, and the big story, can Dak slay this, the mystery, a mystery irrelevant dragon? Oh, my God. What a, what a night. McCarthy coached in San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan, Dan Quinn. 
Memories of 28 to 3. Man, it can seek up so many storylines. Can't wait. Can't wait. Before we go, real quick, I just got the latest injury report. So, uh, Cow. Cowboys in really good shape, man. Uh, J. Ron right. Curse is limited with the knee, but like I said, he said 100% chance he's playing. Demarcus Lawrence is limited, but that's the typical where he is in this in this week uh, schedule all throughout the season, so that's nothing new. Israel Mukwamu has a hamstring, but he was full. Uh, Trayvon Mullen was full despite an illness. Uh, Tyron Smith had that knee issue that had him limited last week. He was full. So the only person that didn't practice was, was Jason Peters, as expected. So um, they're in pretty good shape there. Um, Trent Williams did not practice for 49ers. It's not injury-related. It's just resting. Uh, Javon Kinlaw was limited. And Samson Ebucam, Ebucam, sorry, Jason Witten, Samson Ebucam <laughs> uh, was limited with an ankle. And Jimmy Garoppolo didn't practice. So there you go. <laughs> wow. If I had told you at the beginning of the season <laughs> that the 49ers would be in this position – Without Garoppolo or Trey Lance, what would you have said? Or a veteran? That there's a greater ch- that there's a greater chance of that happening than that the final four teams in the NFC, three of them would be from the NFC East. I would have said, did they trade for Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady in the middle of the year? Yeah, like, what happened? Right, yeah. right. That's what I mean. Sure. Without without trading for a veteran. To Saad's point earlier, the only reason why I think that's more likely than the three NFC teams being NFC East teams being the final four in the NFC is because of what he said about Shanahan. He maxes out, especially on offense, so many guys that you're just like, man, they just play great for him. So the the idea that they found somebody that could be a game manager for them, like Garoppolo was all the way to the Super Bowl, to me is more believable than you telling me. Like, let's not, it's not really about the Eagles and Cowboys. It's the fact that you tell me that one of the, in the divisional round of the playoffs, either the Giants or the Commanders would be there. I, I just, there's no way I would have believed that, that they won a playoff game. There's just no way. Well, boys, have we've done enough damage here today. All right, Sunday boys, I'll night, see ya. We'll reconvene from the Bay. There he goes, Father John Machada. Uh, Machoda. What's happening to me here? Father John Machada. So uh, we'll, we'll uh, get back on Sunday night uh, late and discuss Cowboys 49ers. If there's anything emergency that happens during the week, we'll be here for you as well. Prasad Yusuf covering those very, very good Dallas Stars. Uh, and our producer Kent Garrison, of course, got a new national song released today. Kent, that's good news for I all. I saw they're going on, tour. going on tour. No Dallas show though. Dallas. Yeah, I know. It's all right. We're getting a Madonna show, so we'll get through it. Mm. Um, I'm a Kevin Turner. Quick TV recommendation: The Last of Us on HBO. Good stuff there, guys. Just started. Um, we'll we'll connect Sunday night. Talk Cowboys 49ers and see if the Cowboys have made it to the final four. Gonna be fun. Can't wait for another big weekend of NFL playoff football. For Saad, John, Kent, I'm Kevin. See you next time on About Them Cowboys. We love you. Austin Powers.